Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, gang, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, we begin with the fallout from the Patrick Vieira derby where Arsenal drew with Crystal Palace at the Emirates. This was the fallout on TalkSport. Arsenal have got a goal right out of there. It's Alexander Lacazette and Patrick Vieira is sinking almost to his knees. His head is in his hand. This is why I'm really uh, disappointed. This is why players are really frustrated. And I feel really sorry for them because they work hard, they work well. They show a lot of character and personality and not leaving the stadium with the three points is, uh, is disappointed. And, uh, and this is why I'm, um, I'm frustrated and disappointed for my players. Let's give Palace a huge amount of credit. They were the better side. Strange performance from Arsenal. I felt that they allowed Crystal Palace to dominate the ball. It reminded me a little bit of Man United's second half performance against Leicester. They didn't close the ball. They didn't engage in the ball. They didn't close down. They allowed players like, like Conor Gallagher and, and, and Milhojevic just to pass and stroke the ball around. Ben Tecker, it's one of the best games I've seen him play. Well, it's not a result that we wanted for sure. Um, and we are disappointed because of that. But we scored at the end late. But um, we put the, the game in a really difficult position. When you give two goals away, the way we did in the Premier League to win a game like this becomes a real, real uphill. Smith Rowe is their best player. The way that he travels with that ball. Saka is another one, a big fan of his. Kieran Tierney. I've been very disappointed in parties since he's been here yeah. because I thought he was a brilliant signing for them. And he still may turn out to be. But other than that, what have Arsenal really got? Now, England have been ordered to play their next home UEFA competition match behind closed doors because of the chaotic scenes at the Euro 2020 final. Ticketless fans forced their way through security barriers when they faced Italy at Wembley in July. We'll hear from Sean Custis and Ollie Holt on the press box, but first this is Adrian Durham, claiming that the Football Association is lucky to have received the one-match suspension. I mean, they've got away with it. One game ban. I, I, I would say they've oh. got away with it, yeah. The FA do a lot of really, really good work. The England team, you know, have been doing good things over the last couple of years or so. But to say they're disappointed with the verdict and then say they're, they're going to have a, a, they're commissioning a, an independent review into what happened. Well, how can they be disappointed with it when they don't know what happened? Uh, they, uh, this just is a little bit bizarre. I think that they shouldn't have said they were disappointed with it. They should have said it's a fair cop. We didn't have the right protocols in place. We didn't have the right organisation on the day. It was an absolute shambles. And we've actually got away with it a little bit here. That's what should have been said. Did the FA not have the meetings with the police and 
ideas that there might be more interest in this game, especially post-lockdown. Especially they could have looked at the weather forecast. We all knew it was, and it was an absolutely glorious day that day. You probably needed a big outside perimeter um, within a certain distance of the ground where tickets were checked before people even got to Wembley Way, and that would have stopped the problems. There was plenty on social media about the fact that you could probably get yourself into that game if you were so inclined, and the FA was half asleep. They didn't react to it properly. I don't think the police reacted to it properly. The FA could have had better um, conversations with the police about how they should deter fans on the day of the Euros final because I think a lot of people knew it was a possibility. We have been getting off pretty much scot-free with the behaviour of our fans for years and years and years and years and the chickens are finally coming home to roost. This has been coming for a long time. I think we deserve everything we've got. I think this is a wake-up call for us. We're extremely good condemning others. It's about time we had a look at ourselves and um, maybe this will wake us up a little bit. On out to Manchester United and my partner in radio crime, Darren Goff, has claimed that if Brendan Rodgers was the manager, he'd have won silverware by now. We'll hear from the former United striker and treble winner Dwight York, Danny Murphy and Moni Moni Simon Jordan, but first it's Jamie O'Hara and big Tony Cascarino discussing the under-fire boss, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Do I think they'll win it? No. They're not title challengers. Do I think he's a mid-table manager? I don't agree with that either. I think he's not. He was second and he was third the year before. That's not mid-table. Yeah, because he's got a great squad of players. He's he's managing Manchester United. Man United always have great squad of players, Exactly, so it don't really matter who the manager is. But they have to win things. With Solskjaer, he's not even a mid-table manager. He's not. What is he then? What type of manager is he? He's a championship manager. That's what he is. He's a championship manager managing a world-class group of players. The bottom line is, is he he will get Manchester United to a decent level because he's got decent players. Man United fans are happy with that. Who are we to say they shouldn't be? I have always said that to be able to be at the top of the Premier League, you need a top of the Premier League manager. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't fit that bill. And with the group of players that he's got, if there's no repercussions, if Danny's right, and he probably is, if there's no repercussions of performance, then the management structure, the management style, and the management outlook is completely flawed. I hate doing it because, listen, I really like Solskjaer and I want him to do well because I said he's learning on the job. People say, well, he's been in football management years. He's been managing Mulder. Right, and now he's at Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. There's a, it's a huge step up, and it's not easy. These guys who have been around and done it at big clubs and been in big games, it makes a big difference. And if Brendan Rodgers had been at Manchester United, I've no doubt whatsoever in the past few years they would have won something. Thoroughly disappointing for the visitors. It's finished. Leicester City 4, Manchester United 2. He was talking about the United way. The United way is winning first, good football second. Yes, if you can get both together, great. United Way isn't losing all the time. That's so not the is, United Way. sacrifice then? Take your pick. But what, what you can do is you can make a start by going, I'm going to leave, I'm going to play three in midfield and I'm going to, I'll leave three attackers on the pitch. Whatever formation you want to right. make that happen. Well, you or can even one out. He can't sacrifice Ronaldo. I said, I said a year and a half ago, Fernandes and Pogba in the same team doesn't work unless you've got eight others who are workaholics. Mm. You throw Ronaldo in the mix... And in effect, you're carrying three, aren't you? And it's fine to carry three attacking players if the rest of them know what they're doing behind them. Right. Pogba says, we need something. Oli says, we need something. The something is... Work. 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 And repercussions of performance. Simple as that. A lot of my colleagues said, OK, there is no hiding place left for Solskjaer now that United have signed Ronaldo. It's going to put the heat right on him if things don't go right. And that is exactly what's happened. <laughs> oh, uh, Cristiano is uh, a top player and he keeps scoring goals. And uh, today we didn't uh, 
great enough neither for him or the others. Uh, Cristiano has, has come in and been very positive. Easy to be wise after the event. I felt right from the start that Ronaldo's signing represented a loss of nerve by Manchester United. It wasn't what they needed. What they needed was a really top-class defensive midfielder. No, I think that's a lot of nonsense in my uh, opinion there. I mean, you have a world-class player. For people to start saying he's bring that unbalancedness of uh, United, yes, he's probably not as dynamic and whatever he is, but we know a Cristiano Ronaldo in any team in the world makes you a better team. On now to Steve Bruce and their former manager, Big Sam Allardyce, claiming the uncertainty over Steve Bruce is affecting the players. But we start with the sensational claim from Danny Murphy that Roy Hodgson, his former boss, should be the next manager at St James's Park. That can't... No, no, no. Play the tape. I've got to hear this. I'd get in till the end of the season. If they want to stay in the league, I'd go and get Roy Hodgson till the end of the season. And then deal with what comes in the summer. I know for sure the players would like him and be on board with him. You can't not. Um, he's been there, done it. He took Palace from an impossible position. Much They were in a much worse position than Newcastle, by the way, and kept them up comfortably. He knows what he's doing. He's been in many relegation fights, time at Fulham, time at West Brom. Yeah. Palace, you know, he's been there, done it. And, of course, with his age and what Newcastle want to do, it is a short-term thing. But which top manager is going to want to take that risk right now? If the players think you're going to go very shortly, they're not going to go out and give their 100% to you. They're going to sit there and wait and say, well, I'm going to wait to see the next man come in, which is not what a player should do, but... It's understandable that the effect that it has on them. We'll be thinking that. It's up to the board to make the decision either way. We're sticking with Steve until such time as we, we may change our minds, which may be the, from now till the end of the season, or they bite the bullet and say, thank you, Steve, thank you very much, and then have a caretaker manager for a while until they are finding the right manager. Don't forget, of course, that Palace against Newcastle is live on TalkSport 2 on Saturday at 3pm. Now, ahead of tonight's Champions League clash with Atletico Madrid. Not Atletico, Atletico. A lot of people get that wrong. A game you can hear live on TalkSport. Liverpool defender Virgil van Dijk has been speaking to the media. TalkSport's James Savundra asked the Dutch defender if Mohamed Salah is the best player in the world right now. He's doing pretty well at the moment. You know, he's, a, he's an incredible football player. You know, he's been showing it already for... For the last couple of seasons, consistently, the numbers speak for itself. So I can only say that we are very, very happy that he's uh, in the form he's in. He's definitely up there. Back to Salah again, dancing into the box. He's taking on all comers. He's gone behind, past Krafkar, end up on his backside. Oh! What a goal! It's magnificent from Mo Salah! It's everyone's opinion. And we as players, we know as well that, you know, one week he could be, you know, one of the, the best players in the world. And the next week, you know, people can trying to put you down so we're just very appreciative of what he's doing we know the quality he has we know the difficulties he can give opponents and um, yeah obviously he's doing it pretty well on now to the city boss Pep Guardiola Guardiola speaking ahead of his side's trip to Club Bruges Brugger Bruges no one really knows in the Champions League that's live on TalkSport 2 Pep was asked how he feels Jack Grealish will manage the extra European games this year we spoke about that, about what he has to live when he's not here in the terms of eating and resting and sleeping and living 24 hours just for his profession. But uh, what he has done so far is excellent. And uh, I'm pretty sure he will improve because also for us, for the manager, you have to, to be what is the better position for him to give us. But the games he played, he played really well. Manchester City 4, RB Leipzig 2. And it's that man, Jack Grealish, on his debut in the Champions League. I'm pretty sure if it's his 
He's focusing what you have to do uh, in the game on and off the pitch. He's able to do it because he's strong. His weight is perfect. His body fat is perfect. And uh, I think his mentality is in the right position. That's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app, wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to press that subscribe button. I'm back later today on TalkSport on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show alongside Sir Darren of Goff from 4pm. A quick reminder of live football are coming at you like Cleopatra later on today on TalkSport at 5.45. It's Club Rouge Brugge against Man City. That's live on TalkSport 2. Then from 7pm, it's Atletico Madrid against Liverpool. Not Atletico, a lot of people get that wrong. That, of course, is on TalkSport presented by Adrian Durham. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.